Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 48 of All In with Kevin. I am your host, Kevin Lewis. In today's episode, I'm going to speak about the playoff basketball this weekend. This is being recorded right after the Atlanta and Philadelphia Game 7. So I'm going to talk about the basketball from this weekend and, you know, my thoughts on the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals. Um, as far as the the first of all, hell of a weekend for Game Sevens. Look, the basketball was a little sloppy. That can't be disputed. It was a little sloppy at times. Sometimes very sloppy. But the contentious nature between the teams playing, the stakes with, with, with which they were playing for, and just how compelling each game was made it so worth it as far as the you had you you had the Sixers and Hawks come down come down to the stretch come to the to the final minutes you had the the Bucks and Nets you had a, you had a KD transcendent performance including including um a, a game tying shot where if he if he wears a size 15 instead of 18 the the Nets win the game that you had that. You had, you had Giannis also had a tr- uh, had a tremendous performance. You had a lot. There was there, there was a lot in the basketball this weekend. There was a lot, and um, I guess I'll start with the Bucks Nets game. Um, first of all, I, I I'd be remiss not to point out how how remarkable it is that Kevin Durant came off Achilles surgery and is doing this. He is I want to say he's thirty two. And he came off of Achilles surgery, and it looked like he never missed a beat. He is an incredible talent, and I'm glad that we get to see him operate at full potential, even after the Achilles surgery. He he is an incredible player. Um, the as far as the it, it sucks that the that the Nets had to trot out James Harden like that. Um, he clearly, clearly was compromised. Like, clearly was compromised. Clearly couldn't be himself. All of that. Um, he gave it He gave it the good old college try. And to be fair, like, he wasn't bad. When you look at the entire body of work and, you know, how he controlled the pace of the game and some of the passes he was making, like, he wasn't really bad. He was bad by, I guess, superstar standards. Which is, I, I guess, what we're grading him off, even though he was clearly playing through a, ga- a grade two hamstring stra- um, strain, which is is no joke. And he tried to come back, you know, what with a week off. So, um, I thought, I think that he should be praised more for his effort more than criticized for what he didn't do. Like I, per- I personally feel that way about James Harden, but um, it sucks for him that after all of this time being durable, him being hurt essentially cost cost the Nets and him what looks like a great shot at winning a title because the league has never been more wide open. Even though like these teams are good that are left, but it's the Hawks. Like the Nets would have been playing the Hawks, 
And you have the Suns and Clippers on the other side. We don't even know if Kawhi is healthy. And the Suns, as good as they are, like the Nets at full operate at full operation would have been are a better team. So unfortunately that's how it goes, man. Injury um part of winning championships, especially in the NBA, it feels like is injury luck. Just luck generally, but especially injury luck, because obviously if you ain't healthy, your chances of winning go down. And if you are healthy, your chances of winning go up. And this year feels like a, a war of attrition to get to the finish line. So here we are. Unfortunately, the Nets got the, be- the, the bad end of it. As far as the Bucks side, the, the, the Bucks winning that game was so unlikely, in my opinion. It was like I, I couldn't believe that they won the game like when Harden banked into three at like a minute 30 left to, or whatever or two minutes 30 left I can't remember when it was to put the Nets up five I thought that I thought the game was over when KD made the the, the game time basket I thought they were going to lose I, as much as avid basketball watchers like myself have some issues with how the Bucks go about things generally especially the coach but uh, you know the the Bucks don't always play the smartest brand of basketball, um, especially when when Giannis is firing up threes for no fucking reason. But they don't always play the best brand of basketball. The coach doesn't always do, you know, smart stuff. Um, like the the basketball IQ can look really tough at times. But they played in that building against. A very good Brooklyn team, I know, injured nonetheless, but a very good Brooklyn team with a a top 10 to 15 talent of all time playing at peak capabilities, dropping 49 points, I believe it was, was the final tally. They played against that. They played against their own coach. And they played in, in, in the Nets building and won, despite all of that. Um, it was a tough, gritty win. It's one of those wins you look back like like when if 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 the Bucks happen to win a championship, you look back at that win at at those last three minutes of regulation, and you say, "Yeah, that was when, that was when it happened. That was the turning point. Like that's when the Bucks grew up. I guess, I that for lack of a better way to put it, that's when the Bucks grew up. Because they they got it done in a tough spot." in adverse circumstances to keep their season alive. And that was after being down 3-2 and 2-0. Like the Bucks won four of the last five games of that series. We, we can say whatever you want about the circumstances. They're there. They cannot be ignored. But they won. Even with all that said, they won. And they won four out of five. And they did that despite heroic KD efforts in two of the last three games. So kudos to them um, I'm a big Chris Middleton guy I love Chris Middleton's game like it's 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 smooth like he can shoot the hell out of the ball he can defend like he it, the, the stat line doesn't look pretty the, the, the shot the shot attempt the efficiency the efficiency doesn't look pretty but he made the game win a basket and he hounded KD down the stretch I want to say in the last like six minutes of the game um, KD was one for four with a turnover when guarded by, by Chris Middleton he I mean, he he needs to thank Giannis because without Giannis, this isn't possible because Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton were giving Giannis no kind of support in the first half and the third quarter to a lesser degree too. So he needs to thank them. He needs to thank um, Giannis for making it possible. But 
he was excellent down the stretch, and I'm happy for him. Now it looks like he has a, a legitimate chance of win to win a title, and all of that. He can't win a title as the number two. He's not a number two. He doesn't have a big enough name. All that, all that shit might go by the boards with just eight more Milwaukee wins. And Giannis, um, I know we, we, we talk all this stuff about what Giannis can't do. I feel like with Giannis, we spend way more time talking about what he can't do as opposed to what he does. And there's this ridiculous notion that he's not skilled, whatever the fuck that means. It's like, look, am I saying that Giannis is some refined technical freak of a basketball player no obviously not he's not like could Giannis use better footwork yes could Giannis use a jumper yes even though I feel like a jumper is far down the list of things he actually needs I'll get more into that in a minute could, could he use could could he use you know a post move or two or three yes obviously yes Giannis Giannis is it, the main attraction on Giannis and Antetokounmpo is his athleticism. Nobody is disputing that. Nobody with eyes can possibly dispute that. But he's definitely skilled. Like his passing is a skill. His defense is a skill. His rim protection is a skill. His finishing at the basket is a skill. Because Giannis is finishing through all kind of contact. He he can finish with both hands. He gets to the rim whenever he pleases. Basically, all of that is skills. Just because he's not making, you know, um, dream shake fadeaways doesn't mean he's not skilled. He's just skilled in a in a different way. And yes, power and athleticism is the, is is his main calling card, but he makes it work. And with his season on the line twice, he gave us two wonderful performances, and he averaged thirty three eleven and four for the series. Giannis is an incredible talent, and he should be appreciated as such. Like, even, even yesterday, like, again, we, we talk all this shit about Giannis not being skilled, can't make a jumper, can't do X, can't do Y, can't do Z, blah, blah, blah. And last night, he scored the game tying basket before Middleton scored the winner. Like, w w without, you know, the, the, the lack of skill, or whatever you want to call it with Giannis, without that, without Giannis, we're, we're not having this conversation. I'm not spending this much time talking about Giannis. Giannis deserves more credit than he gets. He 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 is a two-time MVP for a reason. He is a DPOI for a reason. And, and speaking of that, um, the um, I, I'll tie Kevin Durant into this. The thing with Kevin Durant that kind of irks me, and this is gonna be it's gonna be a little irrational. I, I'll admit it, but and it's not so much him. It's not about Kevin Durant himself. But the perception around him has always been weird to me. Because is he amongst the best players in the NBA? Yes. I, I, like, I'm not really here to argue, like, where he ranks one, two, three. Like, I don't think he's the best player in the NBA because I don't think he play makes well enough. I don't think he makes plays for others well enough to be in, on, on, the, on the same level as a LeBron James type. So I don't think he's the best player in the NBA. Like, or a Steph type. I don't think he's the best player in the NBA. But I'm not here to argue that. Um, people will tell you he's the best player in the NBA. And every time he has a good game on national TV, they'll sing from the rooftops. And they've been doing this for seven years. What I don't understand is how come the standard for him as the quote-unquote best player is so light? Because like, I won't even touch on LeBron because people are so irrational about him in both directions. I'm going to leave him out of this. But like, look at Steph Curry, for example. 
like you have people coming into this year talking about Steph Curry's legacy, which is fucking ridiculous. Like he's a two-time MVP, three-time champion, and we're talking about his legacy. Why? For what? What are we talking about his legacy for? And and and, and like I'm still hearing about the three-one lead from five years ago, even though Durant's team blew a three-one lead the series before that, and th- and then he. And then and then Durant left to go play for the team that he blew the lead against, which I don't have a problem with. Outside of KD ruining a perfectly good rivalry, I understand you gotta go get your rings, get them however you need to. Okay, cool. I have no problem with that. But if KD is the best player in the league, naturally, g- given our culture of 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 conversation about basketball, and I'm not even talking about the super Skip Bayless types. I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about generally us. How could how could Kevin Durant be the best player in the league and we never hear about him blowing the 3-1 lead to the Warriors? Every time that series comes up in whatever conversation, we hear about Russ first. How does that work? When, when KD was on that team and KD didn't even play well down, down the stretch of that series. How does that work? And another thing, all this whole the, the the back end of this series, all I've been hearing about is how Giannis should guard KD. Like we got professional NBA players getting on Twitter talking shit about how Giannis didn't guard KD. He didn't guard KD. First of all, Giannis got his made his bones on defense, being one of the best help defenders in basketball, and a, and an end an elite rim protector. As a matter of fact, he made his bones in this series on defense, doing exactly that. You trying to get to the Greek motherfuckers? Because if you can, you want to cut proposition, join all them other east side bitches out to connect. I mean, you a natural businessman, right? So uh, besides, and I mean, I, I'm pretty confident that Giannis can't guard him anyway, because Giannis is a fucking center, and you're asking him to guard a seven foot guard with handles, that probably wouldn't go well. But I digress. Um. I don't understand, like, that was that wouldn't have helped the entire team defense. And team defense, it, it, I, I, NBA defense as a whole is not really about who you man up against. It's about rotations, it's about being in the right places, chemistry on defense, communication. It's about a lot of things. Like, straight up one-on-one defense, it's really not about that. Like, yes, there are situations where it matters, and it will always matter. I'm not disputing that. But is that the primary thing that you're looking for when you when you're looking for players to play defense now? No. It's not. Like it's valuable, yes. But that, that's not. It's not. This is not 1996. Like, Yo, go get that guy. And and offenses were simplistic enough where shit like that could work. This this ain't that. So. I'm not a, I'm not besides just typical ego stuff and machismo like go take the other guy's best player. I'm not sure why exactly people wanted Giannis to guard KD because it probably wouldn't have gone well for him. And the best thing he provides to that team defensively, you are taking away from them. And those other guys can't survive without that kind of without that kind of backup. But I, I say all of that to get to the point of. Well, Giannis torched the damn Nets the entire series while Blake Griffin was guarding him. Since Kevin Durant is the best player in basketball and blah, 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 whenever it's convenient, how, co- how, how come there's no conversation about him taking on 
um, about him guarding Giannis. They're the same height. Like y'all tell me, KD is a great defender. Why couldn't he guard him? Like he ne- he never took the challenge, quote unquote, took the challenge. So that that's what I mean. Like, why why are the standards so? I guess passive, soft, however you want to put it, low. With Kevin, Dur- given that he's the uh, the alleged best player in basketball, that's all I want to know. And this is not to this is not to piss on Kevin Durant's parade because he was great the series, blah blah blah. This ain't that. Like I, I've just always wondered how he's been the best player in the league for seven years, apparently, and yet there's never any actual best player standards. Like he gets all the best player praise and none of the best player pitfalls. And I don't understand. It, it, it's like what we do with Dame, but KD is good enough to, I, I guess, deserve it. And he's way more accomplished, obviously. But either way, um, the Bucks got it done. And who, who, who? If if you bet money on the Bucks and Hawks making the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, both of them, how much? Yo, you must be bathing in it. Like, granted, I don't think anybody actually did that, but. Please go. 15, 15. Please. And the last number for the $26 million jackpot 15. Ah! I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. But if you did, you must be feeling great about life right now. Because <laughs> you, you done hit the fucking lottery. Because nobody could have seen that coming. Uh, the Hawks defeated the, the Sixers in game seven. Um, just just concluded a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, the Sixers got a lot. This is going to be mostly about the Sixers. I, I know we shouldn't be talking most, mostly about the team who loses, but let's be honest with ourselves. The team who lost and and watched this season go up in smoke is just much more compelling than the winner. Let's call it what it is. We could we, we could tell the truth. Um, before I get going on the Sixers, I. You know, shots to Trey Young. Like he wasn't great tonight, but he made a couple of big shots down the stretch, and he's been great all postseason. Props, props to him. Um, he he has obviously elevated his visibility as far as up and coming NBA stars in this playoffs, and he's also a, a top tier villain, especially with the shameless nature he goes about drawing fouls, and then he'll do push ups after drawing, after ref baiting. He. He's he's the type of villain I could get behind, even if I don't necessarily like all the goddamn ref baiting. But I appreciate the villain nature of Trey Young. Um, but shouts to him. I like Kevin Herter. He's a nice, solid player. And shouts to the Maryland Terrapins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bogdanovich can shoot the fuck out of the ball. Like John Collins can shoot the ball. The Hawks have done a really good job surrounding Trey Young with sensible pieces that work. And they deserve they deserve this moment. Good for them. And I can't believe we will see them and the Bucks compete for an NBA for for a, a right to play in the NBA finals. That's unbelievable. Never thought I'd be saying that in my lifetime. But here we are. Um the other side, the more compelling side. Man, um as much as we like to pile on Doc Rivers and look a lot of it is deserved. Like, Doc Rivers has been a part of some epic fucking collapses. Like, epic collapses. I mean, we had one in the series where the Sixers were up by 26 points and lost on their home floor. Is it all his fault? No. 
Um, it's a flawed roster. Look, Ben Simmons is not a point guard. A lot, a lot of this portion of the programming will be about Ben Simmons. I will, I'll lead off with that. But Ben Simmons is not a point guard. Look, if you cannot create a shot for yourself, you are not a guard. Simple. If you cannot create a shot for yourself, you are not a guard. I feel like that should not need to be said. Yes, the the the, the Sixers drafted him as a point guard and tried to make him a point guard. That ship has fucking sailed. He is not a point guard. Stop trying to make him one. Are all of his issues about being out of position? No. Because he clearly is, mentally, he's fried. I don't know what that entails. I don't know how they can fix it. But you, you watch him in college. Hell, you watch him in summer league. And he was at least willing to look at the basket and shoot. I'm not even talking about jumpers either. Just look at the basket and shoot. Whether it's from five feet... 15 feet, whatever. He was willing to look at the basket and shoot. Bro, tonight, he passed up on an open layup under the basket to pass it to Matisse Thibel, who was covered and then fouled. Like, the nearest person to Ben Simmons was Trey Young. And Trey, he has Trey Young by, what, like, 8 inches and, and about, like, 70 pounds, 60 pounds, 50 pounds, something like that. And he passed out of that. That that says everything about where Ben Simmons is right now. And quite frankly, maybe this is an overreaction. Maybe this is a hot take. I just don't think that you could bring Ben Simmons back after that. It, it, this is one of those, can Ben Simmons recover and be a better version of himself somewhere else? Maybe so. Maybe so. Anything is possible in the NBA. Like, I understand that. But it just can't be here. And here, obviously, meaning Philly. It just can't be here because we, we watched our season go up in smoke. Joel Embiid is out there busting his ass, giving it everything he's got. Shouts to him. Like, well-deserved second second place in MVP voting. Um, he's busting his ass, giving everything he got. Tobias Harris, never been a big fan. I've said this on that podcast, on, on this podcast. Never really been a big fan of his. He did what I expected him to do in Game 7, which is not much. Um, but, like, if if you're going to play Embiid, and you're, you're going to pay Embiid all that money, and you're going to play him, you're also not going to be a transition team like that. You're not going to get out and run like that. That it flies directly in the face of where Ben Simmons can bring you value. Because, again, he ain't shooting. But in, in transition, like, Ben runs like the wind and, and can pass with the best of them. In transition, he could definitely bring value. They're not going to run with Ben Simmons on the floor. I mean, um, with Joel Embiid on the floor like that. Now, granted, there there are quite a few minutes where Ben plays without Joel Embiid, and it looks kind of similar. Like, he, he simply refuses to shoot the ball. And if you're going to play somebody like that at point guard, you're making your life more difficult playing four on five. Because Ben Simmons right now... In this series in particular, he played in the half court like I used to play when I was like in fourth grade and I didn't want to touch the ball because I couldn't shoot. That's how he plays. Like, like I saw a lot of me in Ben Simmons, <laughs> a lot of young me in Ben Simmons on that court where I was, I was, I was, the, I was terrified of the basketball. I was like, yo, don't give me the basketball. I don't want that shit. That was Ben Simmons. And he's, he's a professional basketball player getting paid $40 million a year, which is unfucking believable but he just and I think I still think he's a good player 
Like Ben Simmons is a good player. He does a lot of good things. He rebounds well, passes well, he defends well. He he's a smart player for the most part. He just has to get out of his own head. And I just don't think that's happening in Philadelphia. Like Philadelphia is just not the place to be getting out of your own head. Or trying to get out of your own head. So with that said, if I'm a team who might not be competing in the immediate future, like a year or two, like maybe it's going to take two, three years, you know, for the process, you know, um, I would tr- I, I would call Philadelphia and try and buy low on Simmons and see what we can do with him. But it can't just it can't be a feeling no more. And the thing is with Ben, it's like at some point you got to want it too. But I hate talking about like desire of, of professional athletes and work ethic. I, I mean, I'm not even going to talk about work ethic, but desire of professional athletes and how much they want to get better. Because I don't know. I ain't there. And, and you could try and try and try and do something all you want. If you can't do it, you can't do it. And some guys can't do it. Some guys can't. But it it is what it is. We all got skill sets in every facet of life. We all got things we can, and can do and can't do. And we all got things we're good at and bad at. So I don't like talking about like, but where has Ben Simmons improved since high school? Where? No, I'm genuinely asking. Where has he improved since high school? He's the same fucking player. Like, good enough finisher when, when he's given that opportunity. Really good in the open court. Really good in transition. Really great on defense. He's been the same guy. Really good passer. Really good rebounder. He's been the same guy. Has he added anything on offense? No. His defense has been what it is. His defense has been elite ever since he started playing basketball in the NBA. So what exactly has he improved from his time to, from high school to now? He's got to want it. Because it's not like anybody's asking you to go out there and be Devin Booker. Nobody's asking you to do that. Like, yo, an occasional, an occasional hook shot couldn't hurt. A floater would be nice. A turnaround jumper would be cool every now and again. But they're just people are just mostly asking you to try. Because I mean, if you make a couple, that changes everything. They can't just not guard you like they've been doing. So I don't know what the answer is for Philadelphia, because obviously if you're gonna try and trade him now, you're trading him for a lesser return, I'm assuming. If you believe Zach Lowe on his podcast, he said um um, his star is kind of fading around the league. Like people are not as high on him as they once were. And I mean, shit, you you can't watch this series and be as high on him as you once were. You can't because because I, I like Ben Simmons' game too, or, or I used to anyway. Like I like a lot of Ben Simmons' game too. But if, bro, if you're just gonna flat out not look at the basket, regardless of context, you can't ride with that. Especially as your point guard, you cannot ride with that. Like as I said, if I'm a team who far down the I'm looking to compete like far down the line and not necessarily in the interim because you know whatever circumstances I'm giving Philly a call and, and taking their temperature and seeing what can happen because I truly don't believe that you could bring Ben Simmons back after that performance and I'm not one to to be dramatic and overly weigh things happen in a seven game series but it was a seven game series they lost three of the games in the crib they were they had they they had the Hawks dead to rights down by a million fucking points in Game Five and lost. All while Ben is being hacked and they gotta take Ben off the floor because he can't fucking shoot free throws and all that. And 
I'm just not sure how you watch that series and you look at Ben Simmons' development as a whole and you think, yeah, let's bring him back. I I can't see it. I can't see it. To me, it just, it just sends a bad message to your fan base. On top of everything else, like, yes, is that a little dramatic? Sure. But you just you you just threw away a one-seeded season. Like, it's up in smoke. Like, Joel Embiid clearly has no questions. The Tobias Harris contract was bad the minute it was signed, but you can't do nothing about that now. Like, Seth Curry balled out of his mind in the playoffs. Good for him. Like, Tyrese Maxey looks like he has some game. Um... I mean, Danny Green is what he is. I, I, I'm not sure. I think he might be a free agent. Thibault's one of the best defenders in basketball. Like, you have some pieces in Philly that are intriguing. Cork Miles can shoot. You've got some pieces in Philly that are intriguing. But as long as you have to rely on Ben Simmons in that kind of role, and as long as teams can continue to basically ignore him in the half court, especially in crunch time situations, you're never really going to get far unless you build, like, the 07 Celtics. Or the 08 Celtics, excuse me. Where, like, yeah, they ignored Rondo. But you had Paul Pierce, you had Ray Allen, you had Kevin Garnett. You had a whole bunch of people who could shoot. Three Hall of Fame talents at the same time. And obviously a slightly different era of basketball where you could get away with playing Rondo and Perkins at the same time. People will exploit you for that now more so than then, but you could get away with it then. Like, if you're going to have Ben Simmons, you're going you're gonna to have him in a, in a ball handler, a primary ball handler role you're going to need a whole lot of fucking shooting around him to make it work because they're going to ignore him. They don't They don't respect him at all. So I'm not sure how you look your fan base, and, and, and I don't like talking about fan reaction to shit either because fans are irrational, and that's why precisely why they should not be running teams. But there's an argument just basketball-wise to move him. Just the fan reaction is a small part of it. Like, I just don't think you could... You could look your fan base in the face and be like, yeah, we bring it back, Ben. Yeah, we, 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 we think we can win with Ben. I just don't think you could do it. Like, unless you magically get a lead guard who can get you 25 a game and, and also distribute and playmake, which, I mean, they, those ain't growing on trees. So, what are we really doing here with Ben? Like, what's the plan here? Like, People are mentioning to, to fire Doc Rivers. I, I don't understand why you would hire him in the and then fire him in a year. It's not what did Doc do differently this year that, that he doesn't always do. His offense is fucking rudimentary. His, his offense is repetitive. It's boring. It, it's bland. All of that. Like look at what Ty, uh, Teron Lue is doing in 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 um in LA with a lot of Doc's players. And he ha- and he has them in the Western Conference Finals, despite the fact that Kawhi is out for the for, for um is out indefinitely. But what did Doc do that was so different? Did Doc do anything we didn't know that he was going to do? Like Doc has coached up good defenses before, we know this. Doc's offense is repetitive and stale, we know that too. Doc- Doc's teams are good for playoff choke jobs, we know that as well. What exactly did Doc Rivers do that was different? We know who he is. Similar to Ben Simmons. Even though, like, Ben Simmons is, what, like a 25-year-old, supremely talented athlete. So, maybe he could change. Stranger things have happened. Doc Rivers has been doing this coaching stuff for, as far as head coaching, for, like, 15 years? 20 years? Something like that? 
He is what he is. So if you if you gonna hire him last year, you can't fire him after this. You you knew what you signed up for. You knew what you you knew what you were getting. He is what he is, and like I don't think his role in this particular series loss is that that egregious. But some of the lines he was trying out tonight were kind of weird. So, I mean, it is what it is. Like personally, I I would fire Doc, but I wouldn't have hired him in the first place. So that's me, and I would trade Ben. I think I think you got you kind of have to if you're the Sixers. Um. Okay. So enough about Ben Simmons and um, sir, 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 don't shoot. Um. The Western Conference Finals of the Clippers and the Suns. The Suns won today. Uh, they were led by a triple double by um, Devin Booker, his first, the first of his career. And Paul George had a valiant effort that came up short. Other guys in that team, like DeMarcus Cousins gave them some good minutes. Other guys in the team were good tonight. They came up a little bit short. Um, DeAndre Ayton looks like he's going to present problems for the for the Clippers in a way that um, Rudy Gobert and Kristaps Porzingis could not. It looks like he's going to penalize them. He's going to punish them for playing small, which them playing small is their best lineup. They get anything they want like they spread the floor they move the ball they move themselves they get a whole bunch of threes they get they get uncontested layups they get whatever they want i mean look how they ran the, the jazz off the floor in game six of the previous round the clippers get whatever the fuck they want so um i mean i think that Aiden will, will will punish them more they might be willing to take their chances with that I think they should be willing to take their chance with that, unless Aiton just decides to lock it up on defense too, which, I mean, we'll see. I have my doubts there, but um, I hope that Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard get back as soon as possible because this series has really good... I mean, this series is going to be good regardless, but it has really, really good potential if both of them get back. I think if one of them gets back and the other doesn't, it has potential to be not necessarily lopsided, but we kind of know what's up. Like if Chris Paul comes back and Kawhi doesn't, I think we know. I think we have a pretty good idea that the Suns are going to win the series. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. Um, the Suns, though, and I, 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 while while we're here, I'll, I'll air more grievances. This argument that comes up uh, mainly on the social media, damn near every day, basically during during the basketball playoffs, especially, is about the mid range jump shot. And how, oh, y'all tried to legislate the mid-range jump shot out of the game. Y'all, the, the nerds and the calculators, y'all, y- y- y'all tried to, to, to legislate the mid-range jumper out of here. The, the mid-range jumper is what wins in the playoffs. And I mean, look, you, you're going to need to make mid-range jumpers at some point to win. I'm not arguing that. Please, please, please do not get me twisted. The whole argument about mid-range jumpers is that if you're not a great shooter you should not shoot them if you're not a good shooter you should not shoot them if you're going to be an average to below average shooter from mid-range you might as well be an average to below average shooter from three instead because you're going to get more points for it it's not that complicated i swear to you it's not if devin booker is going to make every single mid-range jumper that he takes like he did today he should shoot them chris paul is one of the best mid-range jump shooters of all time he should shoot them Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. He should shoot them. Kawhi Leonard is an elite mid-range jump shooter. He should shoot them. 
somebody like Andrew Wiggins probably could stand to shoot some less. Even DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is a really good mid-range jump shooter. He should shoot them. Not a fan of, of the rest of his game, but he should shoot the mid-range jumpers. Nobody is telling players who are elite at insert skill here to stop doing it. Generally, that's just a general rule of fucking thumb. If you are elite at insert insert skill here, we're going to find a way to, to maximize it. The mid-range jumper is no different. And look, in the playoffs, you have you have teams with time to prepare, and you have teams who are trying to, to, to do one of two things. Take, take away layups and take away threes. So you're going to need to make mid-range jumpers at some point. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and argue that. And if the if there are analytics people who are just gung ho against mid-range jumpers, okay, cool for them. I've never seen it. All I've seen is like guys like Jamal Crawford when he was in the, he was in the NBA. He shouldn't be taking mid-range jumpers because he's not good at it. So if you're not good at jump shooting and you and you need and you feel the need to get your jump shots off, st- take a couple steps back and you get more points out of the ones you do make. It's simple math, bro. Three is greater than two. And if if you're not if you're not making them at a high clip, you should probably stop taking them. But every fucking game, like Chris Paul um, sent the Nuggets home basically with with an, a, a barrage of mid range jumpers. Devin Booker did the same thing with the, against the Clippers, and it's, and we gotta hear, oh y'all told me the mid range was dead. Nobody told you that. Chris Paul's right there. He's in. You see him. Like, he's in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I mean, when he comes back. Kawhi Leonard's right there. Nobody told those dudes to stop shooting mid-range jumpers. We're telling the, the, the shittier shooters to stop shooting mid-range jumpers. That is the argument. So please stop. But um, as far as the series... Assuming that Chris, I don't know what the deal with Kawhi's knee is. Um, it's weird that we haven't gotten an update about it. Outside of the fact that uh, he's not traveling to Phoenix, that was the that was the update. But assuming he his knee is bad enough to keep him out of the series, and Chris Paul comes back shortly, I'm, um, the way Wojnarowski made it sound, he might be back uh, for Game Three. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Clippers and I'm um, sorry the Suns in six. And as far as the other series, the Bucks and the Hawks, I'm gonna pick the Bucks in six. So that is all for me. That is my time. Um, I would implore you to listen to the the middle initial podcast with Andrew L. Case and Drew Jackson. They discuss current sports topics. And I would also like to implore you to listen to the no, uh, to the podcast no one asked for with Jordan, Kyle, and Paulie as they discuss current pop pop culture topics. That is all for me. Rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast, and I will see you when I see you. Green drops! Fold score! T! T! Come out! I'm burning! My lungs are burning! Come out! Come out!